Wrestling Geeks Hello, hello. How are you guys doing out there? This is Dane Alves. We have another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a weekly show in which me and my co-host, the great Christopher Brother Ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews over shows and previews for future shows. We got it all today. Talking about Survivor Series, we're going to talk about the ever-growing number of unemployed WWE wrestlers for budget cut reasons. As uh, John Laurinaitis would say, kid. Uh, and uh, obviously, we're going to talk about AEW. And we already had our breakdown, if you guys are wondering. Uh, we had a show directly after, I think a day after, uh, whatchamacallit, AEW uh, Full Gear. So if you guys are looking for that review, that's on a show that will be right before this one. So check it out. But I couldn't do the show without my amazing co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. Chris, how are you doing today? Wu-Tang. I'm doing wonderful. Wu-Tang for the kids. Uh, I'm doing wonderful today, man. I got, I got my noon beer. Excited to be talking about wrestling. And uh, that new Forza for Xbox came out. So I've just been playing the absolute hell out of that. Driving all around in the Mexico cities and doing burnouts and shit. It's been awesome. How about you, Dane? How's your week been? My week was great. This is, this is probably one of the more busy weeks, I would say, at work. We're trying to get everything done before Thanksgiving. So smooth sailing, got through it all. And, uh, yeah, we got a couple of days and then a couple of days off. And uh, then my birthday is November 30th. So I don't really care about birthdays, Chris. I, was, I just thought I'd throw it out there. It's uh, just another year, unfortunately, now. Um, it, it's it's also like – birthday. Um, I think that we're both going to probably be, if, if it's, if it's, I think it's on a Friday, I'm not hundred percent sure, but we'll probably be watching SmackDown at our individual houses, um, followed by Rampage, just trying to get drunk because that's what we do <laughs> as adults nowadays is, uh, <laughs> use social media as a way for us to be able to talk and hang out while we get drunk at our houses. <laughs> that's what you think's happening. I'm going to, I'm going to start a Royal Rumble in your front yard and <laughs> just invite everyone, you know, <laughs> Can you, like, invite, like, random wrestlers like they do at these indie battle royals? Like, I want the Yeti to, like, make his way down to the fucking ring and shit. Maybe Glacier. <laughs> well, uh, you know, there's a lot of hot hot free agents out there after all these WWE releases. I feel like me and you are the only people that haven't been released from WWE. So uh, maybe I'll invite some of those guys. Yeah, and uh, it's a great transition. Um, unfortunately, once again, <laughs> good luck on your future endeavors. There was eight more releases as of last night. God damn it, Chris. I just don't understand this. The biggest, like, what the fuck, has to be all the members, including someone I've been very high on for a very long time, uh, Shane Strickland, uh, formerly known as Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, but all of them. <laughs> hey, NXT, you guys are doing great. It seems like uh, the... Top Dollar and uh, what you call it, Ashanti Adonis. They're probably going to be a tag team. You know, oh, Shane finally beat um, 
uh, I forgot the Santos Escobar to get the uh, championship. And all of a sudden, like, oh, you lost that. And you guys are pulled, put on the main product. And then they get rid of the last time they got rid of, uh, what's the female member of the group? B-Fab. And now this one, the rest of them are gone. So, yeah, Isaiah Swerve, Scott, Top Dalla, and Ashanti Theodonis, all gone. Uh, Drake Maverick, who is fired now <laughs> twice from WWE, Shane Thorne, uh, and then Jackson Riker. I don't think since they weren't using either of them for a very long time, that's as weird. And then the two people, two only people, unfortunately, uh, I see possibly having a chance at going to AEW, since that's always the question, is... Tegan Knox for the women's division because she's incredible, even though both her knees have exploded in the past. Uh, I shouldn't laugh when I say that, but it's true. Jesus Christ. But she's a great wrestler, great baby face. And uh, she also, as Chris always mentions, is a great heel because no one uh, notices she's a heel while using these giant shin braces to, uh, you know, do her move. So uh, John Morrison, man, John Morrison. Found him on our show, Johnny Gimmick name, credible wrestler, uh, at the same time held all three major titles in AAA, plus the Lucha Underground title. He was also, I think, a two-time Impact champion. He's been all over the place, and Miz is not there right now, and I guess that was to Johnny's detriment. His wife, Ty Valkyrie, also let go the last time. Uh Jesus, man, like, I, I really honestly think that whatever they'll call it, we will probably see Hit Row as a whole entire unit show up either in MLW, where Shane Strickland had a lot of uh, success, or possibly Impact, because I think they can bring both the, you know, X Division style matches, um, and also just the uh, camaraderie and the entertainment factor of them being a group, but uh, this is... This sucks. The only two people, honestly, before I pass it to Chris to get his opinion on all this, the only people, like I said, that I could see making transition is Tegan Knox because they need some more stronger females in that division. She's a very experienced vet. And then, obviously, I would love to see um, John Morrison show up, who's already friends. And I think Ty Valkyrie would make a great fit for AEW, too. But like we always say, not everyone can go to AEW, but feel bad for these guys. I mean, budget cuts, Chris, is uh, how, how many times are they going to use that excuse? Hey, pal, we uh, we don't have any money anymore, and uh, we're, we're firing you for budget cuts. It's baffling, man, especially with uh, some of the previous releases, but the Hit Row releases seem directly related to the fact that uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He kind of went out in defense of BFAB and thought it was kind of bullshit that she got released. And then with John Morrison, almost the same thing. You know, Taya Valkyrie kind of had a scathing review of how she got released from WWE. And then a couple weeks later, John Morrison gets booted off the show. Well, I say a couple of weeks. It was like a month, two months, maybe. These things are coming fast and furious with these releases. It's hard to keep up with everyone that WWE no longer has on their roster. Uh, but like you said, with like Hit Row, if they wanted to still do a group, they they probably could somewhere else. Isaiah Swerve Scott, it's great. Gets to go back to uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, which might be 
beneficial for him as far as in-ring name? Well, goes? no. Now that was that was his name over in NXT. He is Shane Strickland. Shane uh, Swerve Strickland. That's his that's, name now. Again. Yeah. Okay. So it's Shane Strickland. He's going to be able to go back under his original moniker, right, on the indie scene, which would be good for him. Um, yeah. MLW had a great show for Fusion. I could see some guys going there with John Morrison, like you said, AAA. I think that's a good landing spot for him, as well as uh, going back to Impact, being Johnny Impact. But uh, a lot of these guys, it's going to be. I don't know. It's going to be such a tight spot to get on AEW, especially with the knowledge that Kevin Nowens is probably going to be showing up in January. And there's a few other guys I would assume they'd want to sign like Keith Lee. But John Morrison does have that in as being part of being the elite. Uh, and originally we thought he was signing there and didn't like him and Taya both. I thought we thought they were signing there. Right. You, you remember when they were doing those episodes? Oh, yeah, no, I totally thought he was uh, coming in um, because they were on those episodes and I was like, oh, they both got. Well, no, we didn't know about Taya, but then John Morrison got signed. Well, the, the one thing I, before I pass it back to you that you kind of went over and is is, is true. Impact and uh, AEW, they might be closed off, but it doesn't seem like there's a, a rift in the relationship as there was with AEW. And it sounds like with NWA. Um, but they both directly work with, um, you know, uh, AAA and AAA is huge, obviously in Mexico, especially. So the fact that he's in there, uh, if, if he were to come to say impact AAA does not mean that we'll never see John Morrison in AEW for a possibility. The same uh, thing for Okada from new Japan, he stays in new Japan, but they have a relationship so we can actually, from everything that, that people have said between Chris Jericho, Cody, it's more a concern to Tony Khan to have dream matches as a part of a pay-per-view and have some interactions, but not really necessarily take the talent. So even if John Morrison were to go there, we could still possibly see him show up like Ty Valkyrie on AEW Dynamite at some point. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We went over that kind of on the full gear review. So listeners out there, if you haven't checked that out, check it out. Because we did kind of go in depth of Tony Khan and dream matches and who he would hire and who he wouldn't hire. And if the roster is too full, we've, we've talked about it in the past. And I, I think that's a good point. You know, you could bring John Morrison in like they have with a lot of guys just for a couple of pay-per-views if they wanted to do that. Uh, I The sad thing about John Morrison is when they brought him back to WWE after him having these great runs and all these different companies, I thought they were going to do more with him than just putting him back in a tag team with the Miz. And the Miz is lackey basically. <laughs> yeah. Apparently I was fucking wrong. <laughs> so, um, the mayor of slam town did not have a good run in, in WWE except for like, uh, I don't know. It seemed like he got over with the crowd when he started doing the drip stick and, uh, just embracing that gimmick. And they're like, Hey, pal, <laughs> don't don't get over by yourself uh but yeah it's just it's so weird and i feel bad for like drake maverick which i think like his he'd either be going back to the uk or back on impact maybe they'll bring him in to have a match with marco stunt be like the ultra <laughs> the ultra lightweight Ooh. to the aw drake you better beat the fuck out of him and now he would probably go back to being rockstar spud i would assume I would have to think so, which 
is while not a great name is still a better name than Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick sounds like what like uh, Drew McIntyre should be called. It just sounds like it should be a big guy. Like they named him that as a red <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> Do you uh, think um, it would be interesting for, especially with the weird stuff EC3 is doing to try to get Drake involved in that since they were such a great pairing, but like, I mean, it wouldn't be comedic though. That's the only thing that's weird. No, I, I don't think that's out of place at all. And I mean, he could even, if he wanted him to be a management figure, he's kind of done that in the past with, with impact and uh, Dixie. Right. So yeah, I think that would be kind of yep. cool if they wanted to go that route. There's a lot of stuff you can do with Rockstar Spud. He's actually pretty good on the mic and has good comedic timing. Uh, like you said, Taya Valkyrie, or not Taya, well, we talked about Taya previously. Uh, Tegan Knox, that's who I was thinking of. That one's interesting because WWE just gave you two veteran, great female wrestlers on release. And if you're AEW, those would probably be the two people I signed even before Keith Lee just to help bolster the women's roster, which has gotten a lot better. But, like, you're, you can bring in Ember Moon and Tegan Knox. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Think about this. Think about this. Between between everything, the, if, if they have the option to be able to get Ember Moon, Taya Valkyrie, Tegan Knox, Session Moth, and Chelsea Green, you don't need really any other women. Or Mia Yim, too, would be also a great addition. But those are some very polished female wrestlers that can add to that division and make outstanding matches. Now they stand on a similar pedestal if they get a couple of those people as your impact roster and your I can't even put NXT on that level anymore. They've gone down so much. So maybe uh, SmackDown has a really strong female roster. Or is it Raw? I can't even remember. I was I was so surprised they released Taya Valkyrie, a.k.a. Frankie Monet, because they had been pushing her. And, like, I thought that she was getting over with the crowd. Um, it, like I said before, is her dog still under contract day? <laughs> Uh, he is, but he's trying to stay the fuck away from the big bossman's ghost, apparently. <laughs> that and uh, is it? Did, did he get drafted to Raw or SmackDown? I can't remember. <laughs> Jesus but, Christ. Where did uh, Alexa B uh, Bliss's doll get uh, <laughs> sent to? To uh, hell by, by Charlotte Flair. <laughs> just done. Um, I, I'm trying to, like, so... Yeah, I think the biggest controversy more that I've seen around this was uh, I can't remember which member of Hit Row it was, but he had done a podcast with BFAB. And some of that seems almost directly related because they spent so much time building them. They drafted them really high in the Raw and SmackDown draft. He does that podcast, obviously not happy and apparently called the front office about when she got released. And wasn't happy and had some opinions. And that seems like maybe that's how he was got it, the Bosch. Was it Ashante Adonis or was it uh, Top Dollar? Top Dollar, I believe. Well, uh, I mean, here's the thing. Top Dollar maybe thinks, and I don't know if he should have thought this, that he has some stroke because he's done a lot of their, uh, well, he did, for, for example, he did that Hidden Treasure show. And he's done other stuff production-wise for the company. Um, so I guess maybe he was like, he thought he could like, you know, bitch someone out about it, but, um, nope, 
Apparently that does not happen. We didn't even get to see Shane Strickland against fucking Rey Mysterio or Shane Strickland against uh, a variety of people or top dollar be able to build himself. I think all of them were very marketable and very, uh, you know, just brought a different thing and element. And now done. And I, I know that one, like I said, that one's almost the most controversial because he actually spoke out against the company a little bit. Whereas you get, and I guess John Morrison to same, some extent, just because he's tied to Ty Valkyrie, but the rest of them are almost par for the course. Um, Tegan Knox being slightly older and having knee injuries, that's almost the Ember Moon thing. And they haven't done anything with her, so I could see that release. Jake Drake Maverick, other than being on NXT random, once he lost Fandango and they weren't a tag team anymore, I kind of could see that one coming. Um, Shane Strickland's a weird one, just because he's been their Cruiserweight champion and they've done a lot with him in the past. I was kind of surprised by that one, but the rest of it is, rest of the releases weren't. I mean, it's hard to be shocked by them just be, based on how many people they've released over the past year. Like, it's just, it's wild. Um, and this goes back to my conspiracy theory I talked about a few weeks ago, is Vince just dumping people to see if AEW overloads their roster <laughs> like WC Come on, did. just take them. Just take them. You got this. <laughs> um, you know what I'm also looking forward to, honestly? I mean, it, trying to be like a silver lining within all these releases is that especially AAA and CMLL is about to have <laughs> the best luchadors on the planet, regardless. And some of them will come over to Impact. They'll come over to AEW. But, like, if we're being reasonable, take John Morrison out of it. If we go, like, straight Mexican lucha libre, Lindsay Dorado, gone. Uh, Grand Metalik, gone. Uh, you have... You know, everyone from Ring of Honor, including their champion, Bandito, Flamita, Roosh, Dragon Lee. I mean, you're talking, as Macho Man would say, the cream of the crop. So people that are fans of Lucha Libre, especially maybe someone like a Conan that makes money off of it, he has to be pretty excited. And Killer Cross, who just uh, announced his first match back. He's back to Killer Cross because Carrion was a fucking stupid name. And uh, he, I don't remember who he's going against, but it's, I think, February 2nd. So, already planning ahead. It, you know what's crazy? That Ricochet hasn't been released. <laughs> Dude, do you think that, like, when... I, I think they laugh about it now. Like, anytime there's a phone call, Ricochet, you know, Angel Garza, Ali, and who's the other guy? Chad Gable. They're all like, well... I guess we're probably going to go to, you know, but it doesn't happen, which I'm happy for him. But at the same time, it's like, it's only a matter of time until, you know, they, they realize. Oh, Dean, I think I lost you, bud. Sorry about that. What were you saying? Uh, they realize you, I, I lost you. They realized that it's only a matter of time before they realize what, uh, what we're saying after that. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Someone called me, even though I put it on mute, and uh, it still went through and interrupted our phone call temporarily. So I apologize that for anyone listening <laughs> through uh, Skype. Um, it's only like a matter of time until they realize that Drew Gulak is still there. Uh, it's only a, a matter of time until like 
Like it's it's just crazy. Like I'm sure that a lot of these guys are on the chop block, but I don't want anyone to get fired. But I don't think that. I'm sorry if I'll. I really honestly think that if Ali, if Ricochet, I think they would react to it like, all right, time to go on to my with my career and just fucking go forward. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, and, and some of the uh, vets, Chris, over in a, in uh, NXT, your Tommaso Ciampa's, who is the champion? But I still could like I, I'm if I saw the headline. NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa released from WWE, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like something WWE would fucking do. But then you have Kyle leaving, possibly. You have Johnny possibly leaving. But it's only a matter of time between vets and those amazing luchadors, or not really luchadors, but uh, fast-styled wrestlers that this is going to happen to, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the writing's on the wall. Like, if, I, I know you don't really have a resume in wrestling, so to speak, more just tape of your shit, but you got to think that they're sending <laughs> whatever tapes they have out to these different companies. Uh, I do know when, when we were talking about AAA and the fact that they're going to have like a back catalog of people they can sign that have previous experience in AAA or CMLL, uh, like John Morrison was one of the names, and uh, Grand Matalik, like you mentioned, uh, they're not going to have Kenny Omega for Triple Mania. I don't know. Did you see that in the news? His surgeries are going to be happening. And I say surgeries because he is uh, apparently also has a abdominal hernia on top of a uh, fucking torn labrum. So he's not going to be a triple mania. I don't know if they're going to strip him of the title. But if you have like if you can get those surprise guests for triple mania, that could be really, really cool. And uh, I look forward to seeing. And I'm assuming that he's going to end up back there. John Morrison's heel character <laughs> attempting to build, to build a wall in AAA <laughs> again would be really, really good. So I, it, good time if you're a AAA fan, unless you wanted to see a, another Kenny match, because it doesn't sound like that's happening based on uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter and uh, some other interviews I've heard around his release. Or well, not his release, <clears throat> but his injury. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if it was me, which I'm not the creative brain that Conan is, I'm having if if we do strip Kenny for obvious reasons, uh, you have reason for Kenny to come back and be like, I never lost that title. So then you you set up immediately a dream match as soon as he's healthy and wants to come back to Triple A for the mega championship. But you have a tournament and especially with this influx of talent, if a lot of them end up working or even making part-time appearances, they can lose in the match. You could have a really stacked tournament for that mega championship. And maybe it comes down to at triple a whoever, maybe Pentagon, John Morrison, you know, if John Morrison wins or if Pentagon wins or a lot of those guys, if they get to the finals, Kenny comes back, there's unlimited dream matches for opponents for whoever has that belt to be like, I am that rightful champion. Let's go, motherfucker. And if it came down to a John Morrison versus Kenny Omega match, I mean, a couple of years ago, you were talking about the biggest gaijin talent in, in, in Japan and the biggest, you know, uh, you know, gringo, if you will, talent uh, over in AAA. So that would be a fucking dream match. Yeah, I mean, there's unlimited things they can do because Daniel Bryan still wants to work in AAA, right? Like, that was one of the reasons he wanted to leave. He wanted to do a hair versus uh, mask match. I mean, well, he said CMLL. 
But I mean, AAA is the more prestigious. Uh, the thing is, is like I guess the way that Dave Metzler and a lot of people view it is like uh, AAA is more WWE sports entertainment, if you will, while CMLL is more about the actual work rate. So I guess in AEW. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, uh, I know that he said he wanted to work in Mexico. I was thinking of uh, guys they could also bring in. But, yeah, tournament format for that title. If you're Conan, you got to look at stripping it off of <laughs> Kenny if he's not going to be a triple mania, I would think. But we talked about this a little bit last week. Like, do they even give a shit? Because <laughs> it doesn't seem like they do. He defends the title, like, once a year. They should just name the title the Kenny Omega title. Uh <laughs> He just defends it whenever he wants to show up. It's like the fuck the world title. <laughs> yeah, that's not like a pointless championship at all anymore. I love that Ricky Starks has it, but at the same time, it's like, that's a really cool prop. Historical. Um, but I, I guess that's pretty much it. Any any uh, any last comments about the releases? Um, anything related to that before we move on to our predictions for Survivor Series? No, I mean, outside that if you're like Black Label Pro or GCW or maybe even Ring of Honor, now that they've released guys for contracts, you could see a resurgence in indie wrestling and some yep. very good shows. Because not like like we've talked about in the past, not everyone is going to be able to sign to an Impact or an AEW, uh, especially with all of the Ring of Honor releases that we just recently had. These cats got to go somewhere. It's not it's not necessarily going to be Japan, who's still financially recovering from COVID. I think they had like one of the worst years they've had in the past 10 years financially. So it's going to be interesting to see where some of these cats land. And as always, we wish them the best. I, it was shitty. I mean, we kind of laugh and joke about it, but it's only because of WWE stupidity that we're laughing. Not that anyone lost their jobs, you know? So if anyone out there listening, don't think that we think it's funny when someone gets fired. It's more just, it's a lot of it is just baffling with WWE, a company that's making you know, a billion dollars a year <laughs> to release people for EBITDA, essentially. Completely agree. And uh, even us mapping out possibilities for their career, it's it's more of us like just looking into it in a positive light because a lot of these guys are getting underutilized and just taking time off their career in general. I mean, I always go back to Bernie Lee. Sorry, that's a reality that people got to realize is that that man sat in the back for a chunk of his career doing absolutely dog shit after he should have been added to the championship match for uh, WrestleMania that year against uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. And they just didn't get it. And they kept him for no fucking reason, tacked on uh, more time uh, for him being out with injury and just were pretty sleazy about it. He left started making a huge impact at AEW and tragically passed away. So I want these guys to be able to experience being a part of a bigger thing. I mean, looking at Jay Lethal, you know, and we'll talk about the match, even though he lost Sammy, that was one of the biggest, I would say, in his career up there with the match he had at Madison Square Garden and the match he had against Ric Flair, um, probably some of his matches with Adam Cole in uh, Ring of Honor, you know, it was awesome to see, and I think a lot of those guys deserve to be at that level if it's an Impact, AEW, New Japan, AAA, wherever. So that's uh, that's all I got to say about that. 
yeah, we're in such a weird time just because of all the Ring of Honor releases plus the WWE releases, and then you have these 90-day non-competes, and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to get released soon. Or not released, but probably not re-sign. I mean, hell, if you wanted to start an indie fed, you could just build a roster off of those releases, which is insane. Um, just feel bad for anyone that got released wishing them the best and uh like you said we're us talking about these is because we want to see these guys thrive and do well wherever they go the guys and ladies guys and gals i should say uh, yeah it's going to be exciting to see what the next couple months hold uh, by february we're going to have a whole lot of signings and shit to talk about <laughs> in appearances i feel It's uh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, there is a lot of possibilities in the future, and I think that a lot of them are going to end up being there. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun, even though it's tragic with a lot of the stuff, to be a fan and see some awesome matchups. So we'll just uh, continue going that direction. But sucks for the people that were released. And as always, even though I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of Sean uh, Sean Ross Sapp when it comes to stuff that's outside of wrestling, but when it comes to reporting uh, for Fightful, he's been he's been there, you know, with the fastest uh, source. A lot of times beating even Dave Metzler uh, with reporting this stuff. So once again, this came from him. And it's like when, when Sean tweets, hey guys, uh, people are getting released today. He's been on his money about four times in a row now. So it's kind of unfortunate, but that's just how it is. But isn't he kind of like a WWE stooge to some extent? That's Ryan Satin, and I can't stand Ryan Satin. Okay, yeah, sorry, I mix I mix the two up sometimes. There's a lot of these motherfuckers out there, but they they both have the same social uh, what's what's the word um, media presence. They're they're very cocky motherfuckers, very very far left with a lot of their opinions. Um, that which is fine, you know, more so the cockiness. But uh, Sean gets a lot of information out. I don't know who the fuck his source is, but he's been nailing it with this shit constantly now. His source is Johnny Ace. <laughs> hey, hey, pal. I uh, just want to let you know a couple things. God, fucking I feel bad for like like you said, it's going to be kind of like, all right, Johnny, here's uh, here you go again. He's like, I got to tell more people to get fired. This sucks. I thought I'd find talent. <laughs> Johnny Ace is the biggest heel in the business right now. He's a Grim Reaper, man. You see his number, you're like, oh, shit. If you're in wrestling. I mean, we kind of joked about it, but they fired like a bunch of HR people, bring Johnny Ace back, and then immediately start doing these releases. They, they've released like almost 30 people in the past three months. He's going to be making these fucking phone calls while trying to negotiate contracts with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. He's, no, everything's going to be great. Everything will be good over here. He's like, you really? He's fired like 15 of my <laughs> friends. I don't know that everything is going to be great over here. Yeah, they they like pick on, pick on them in the back, like say stuff like pretend they're sneezing. Be like, asshole! You know, he hears a bunch of giggles. He's like, I don't want to. It's my job. You know, he just keeps on walking. And then he cries to John Cena and sometimes Daniel Bryan. He's like, your people are making fun of me, too. That's a terrible Johnny Ace impression, by the way. I'm sorry, guys. I've lost it. 
if anyone wants a good sitcom idea, make a fictional Johnny Ace character in a wrestling promotion that just has to fire a bunch of guys. That's his only. And like he's actually a nice dude, and he just gets made fun of and picked on constantly by the other wrestlers. Like, thanks for firing my friend. So shoulder check. Ow, that hurt. Yeah, I could see it almost being like an office situation where he's just a big ditz but has to fire people. <laughs> So he's the rest of the time he's like Michael Scott, except for when he has to fire people. And then, yeah, that'd be a fun show. Someone do that. HBO, get on that. Your what is it? Stars or yeah, Stars, get on that. You already have one wrestling show. Might as well, might as well <laughs> put another one out there. Which it would be really cool if we could interview someone from that show. I just uh, wanted to throw that out there. Um, all right, let's go over Survivor Series, Chris. Got a couple of matches lined up. I will say that from what I've seen on Raw, and Raw has a lot of great wrestlers. I mean, right now they have Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. Um, I mean, Big E, like, it's it's very packed with great wrestlers. So I definitely will give them that. And I like this whole transition that Seth Rollins kind of has been this puppeteer you know, pushing Kevin Owens to go back to his old ways, but like not doing it where he's getting his head because Kevin can't stand him. It's the fact that like he shows the lack of trust with other wrestlers with him. And finally Kevin Owens snaps on Big E and just beats the living shit out of him. So I don't know how that's going to go into this. It's probably going to be more related to the last pay-per-view, but I really do appreciate that. Some of the stuff is uh is pretty decent on Raw, Chris. Uh, just unfortunately, still three hours fucking long. Jesus. So can't lie, haven't been watching Raw. I kind of have a vague idea of what the storylines are. Um, I, like you said with the Kevin Owens Hill turn, that almost seems like what they did with Moxley right before he left. Yep, gotta make him uh, the bad guy. So that you can get some easy W's. I know that uh, they had their seventh rated lowest show this week, which was actually up in ratings from the last one. Jesus. Not that ratings don't, I mean, ratings aren't necessarily too important. I get, well, I mean, they are, but it's kind of weird because you have all the sports going on at the same time and uh, you have more wrestling competition than ever. Like there's almost too much product to watch as we've talked about on this show. Uh, but, yeah, I, I haven't really kept up with Raw that much. It, it sucks because I love Big E, but uh, that is a hard-ass show to get through for three hours. I feel like they consistently don't know what they're doing, booking-wise. They just fucking throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. And uh, I can't fucking stand the way that it's filmed. Uh, Kevin Dunn, and, and this has leaked into NXT, unfortunately, with the camera cuts and... Uh, like 75 camera cuts on a power bomb. It's WWE, <laughs> is, WWE is getting hard to fucking watch. And not just from like, it's booked bad because I've sat through years and years. You've known me for forever. I've always been a WWE fan and a wrestling fan in general. This is not just necessarily the booking. It's a hard show to watch visually. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Let me let me let me name people from that roster. Like I said, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, you know, Biggie, obviously a champion. You have Randy Orton, and also uh, what what do we call Riddle? Just Riddle. He's he's just Riddle. But like, 
there there is Kevin Owens. Uh, I mean, such as stat roster, Finn Balor. And why is it three hours? It just drains you. Becky. Like, do I have to keep on, like, randomly saying fucking people? I mean, that's stacked. But it's uh, – I'm sleeping by 10 o'clock. And that might be actually real when it comes to me working. Um, is that that's that's the time that's like, all right, I'm probably going to go to sleep. But it's just <laughs> – it's so long and dragging. And it doesn't do any help for all the amazing wrestlers they have on that show. Well, yeah, and they start the show out. They're like, here's a 20-minute promo. We're going to have two commercial breaks during this promo. Okay, we're going to set up a match at the end of it, but you know it's going to be a fuck finish, and it's going to be a five-minute match. It's like, why the hell would I stick around for three hours of this? And like I said, if you add in just the production, and I don't even want to say production quality, but the way the show is filmed and produced, it's it's easily the hardest show to watch. And that's saying a lot, because like, NWA has like three fucking cameras and I find myself enjoying their production, at least wrestling wise more than WWE. Yeah, it's amazing. All right. Well, uh, let's go over this wonderful pay-per-view that will be tomorrow night that I almost forgot about until there was advertisement (laughs) this morning when I was rewatching SmackDown. Um, so good. I mean, it's not it's not your it's not your fault that you forgot about it. They do a shitty job of that's the other thing is they do a bad job. Like I don't even know what the matches are because they announce them like one week ahead of the pay per view. <laughs> so Jesus. didn't they already change the Survivor teams? Like they announced them, we talked about it. Um, well, one like, of them was a ploy. They were like, all right, we're gonna take the Mysterios, and it's like, ah, uh, never mind. Uh, if Bobby Lashley beat you, Dominic then he's going to be a part of the team. So it's like they forgot about Bobby Lashley, I'm assuming. Like, <laughs> the fuck? It's like they forget who's on their roster because they're releasing so many people. Maybe that, maybe that's what's happening. Hey, whatever happened to Grand Metalik? Uh, You fired him. Damn it! Fucking stupid. Then he goes back to doing whatever the fuck he's doing. All right, so let's... The first match, they did this. It's fun to have this match. It's kind of like uh, the first, you know, get all the other people in it. Let them have a little battle royal. 25-man dual-branded battle royal. The winner gets the first win uh, for their respected brand. And, Chris, number one favorite thing, Michael Cole was able to get his normal catchphrase of uh, when two organizations go head-to-head for brand supremacy or whatever the fuck he says every goddamn year for the shit. I wanted, uh, what's his name, um, Pat McAfee just punch him in the face, but didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know who the people are. Uh, so far we have, listen to this, they didn't have anything for some of these guys to do. AJ Styles, AJ Styles, Angel, Angelo Dawkins, Apollo Cruz, Cedric Alexander, Cesaro, Chad Gable, Commander Aziz, Dolph Ziggler, Drew Gulak, Eric Humberto, Ivar, Jinder Mahal, Mansoor, Montez Ford, uh, Omas, Otis, R-Truth, Ricochet, Robert Roode, Sami Zayn, Shanky, uh, Shelton Benjamin, and T-Bar. Um, I mean, I guess AJ Styles I'm going to pick for, for the uh, the winner of this. 
But you got a lot of like big names that I'm surprised are in this fucking battle royal. That's for sure. Yeah, if this was a battle royal anywhere else that was going to be like 10 to 15 minutes long, you might actually see some good wrestling in it. I think they're just setting up a spot where they can have Aziz and almost face off. And uh, one of those two are probably going to end up winning the thing. Do you but, think that this is going to be on the pre-show or on the actual show show? It has to be on the pre-show. Yeah. I, I would assume. But whatever, I've been wrong before. They do throw these, like anytime they do like these Andre the Giant Battle Royals, they end up on the pre-show. So I would I would assume it's going to be on the pre-show. That's a Who lot the fuck's going to really... eliminate Almas, you know? Is no this one. a time where is this a time where you can get away with a split between Omas and AJ Styles by just he does it here where he eliminates him or some shit on accident or some you know you know what I'm saying? You could tease that or that like AJ Styles forces him to eliminate himself, but I, I think being that they put uh, is it is Aziz? Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, you are pronouncing yes, Commander Aziz. Uh, okay. Apollo Crews guy. Because seems, he's from wherever in Africa all of a sudden. Yeah, so uh, they're putting they're putting those two Omos and Aziz together just so <laughs> they can have the Kane Undertaker rumble moment or any big guy, right? The two big guys end up hitting each other. Um, and maybe that'll cost them both to get eliminated, but oh, they like Omos. So I could see him winning or do some fuckery like you were like we were just talking about with AJ Styles, either forcing him to get eliminated or accidentally eliminating him. I guess it just depends on if they're ready to end that storyline. And then that'll leave them with like two tag teams afterwards. So <laughs> it's a good point. Knows? It would be cool to see like someone like Montez Ford get a win. But I don't Montez Ford eliminates AJ Styles. Sure. Why not? I mean, no one's half the fucking audience aren't aren't going to watch it because it's on the pre it's going to be on the pre-show. So. All right. Well, let's go with just because I care about them less. Uh, I, the individual matches I'm actually really excited about, especially Becky and fucking Charlotte with everything that's been put into it. But um, Team Raw, Seth Rollins uh, is the leader of this team with Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley. And Austin Theory, they're going against SmackDown with Drew McIntyre as their captain, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, I don't know why the fuck he's in there, and Sheamus with, uh, just to let you know, Madcap Moss there to back up Happy Corbin, and Rich Holland, who is now Sheamus' biggest fan uh, on the main roster. But um, I think they got to feed more into Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens in this. So I think that that is going to cause the win, and SmackDown will get the win uh, because of s- tension between Seth and uh, KO. But that's that that's my uh, main thing. And also, I feel like King Woods is going to want to take out Kevin Owens and maybe Seth Rollins as well, since that's Big E's next uh, match after Roman Reigns, uh, because obviously he's in the New Day. So I think that's going to happen, but I think that SmackDown's team will win and it will be due to bullshit with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens getting in the way of this. Maybe it's too on the nose, but uh, with the stuff that they've done with Woods and Roman recently, it would almost be nice to see him kind of have the Dolph Ziggler moment where it's like three versus one and he somehow pulls out a win. So I'm going to make a bold prediction. That would be awesome. 
they might actually book this thing properly. Uh, and Xavier Woods gets a big win. And, and like you said, it could be because of dissension between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, and that sets up a different storyline. But uh should be a fun match. A bunch of great, great wrestlers in there. SmackDown has, like, two fucking powerhouses and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. So, in theory, they should just kick everyone's heads off. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be fun to watch for sure. Um, I'm actually looking forward to this, and I don't know. If Xavier Woods gets eliminated in the first two minutes, then I probably will care less about it. <laughs> but... <it's just laughs> It should be fun, and I think they have a perfect setup and a good way to, if they're trying to give Xavier Woods like a Kofi Big E type run, having him come out ahead when the when he's all against all odds in this match, that would be a good setup. And then you can go back to him and Roman if you want to, because they've it seems like they're I, I want to say building a feud, but they just had Roman kind of kill him. But uh, it would make a lot of sense if he got a win here. Who knows? We'll see, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, this can be really incorporated with uh, some of the stuff that we saw last night on SmackDown since we're recording on Saturday. Um, Just, I love the fact that they are giving a lot of attention to Xavier Woods. I don't think it's going to benefit him because even after Roman's done with Big E, you know, I think he will push through King Xavier. But I love that they're giving him a lot more. Um, they gave obviously Kofi some time off, it seems like, which is probably long overdue. That man seems like he would be like a, a Kenny Omega and be nursing injuries and still pushing through it and stuff like that. So, uh, however long, even if it's until next week, uh, you know, whatever Kofi has to do, but, uh, Xavier is getting a push. I like that Roman came out at the beginning of SmackDown, Chris, he, you know, Paul Heyman's all excited. He got him the throne. He got him the, 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 the scepter, you know, the, the sash and the crown and that it's all his. And, and Roman's like, you think I give a crap about all this? Like, really? He's like, that's what's going to make me the supreme person within WWE. He's like, I have done way more than that uh, to even need any of this to, to say anything. And then Xavier comes out. He starts talking crap about him saying that he, that stuff doesn't mean anything to him. So, of course, the Usos start destroying it. They destroy the scepter. They destroy and, and, and even, like, blow their nose on the sash. Uh, they take the chair, the throne, if you will, and destroy it and then throw it outside the ring. And Roman is about to destroy the crown, and that, you know, prompts Xavier to run the ring. And finally, he gets the best of him from three people, and Roman destroys a crown in front of him. Um, I, I really I really enjoyed SmackDown last night. I love that he thought that, you know, Roman thought that Xavier was goading him into a match. And it ended up just being a ploy for Big E to take some uh, uh, much-needed aggression out on Roman Reigns. But I do love the story, and I love the push for Xavier Woods. Yeah, same. And I, I think that, like I said, that kind of builds into at least my prediction of what I would want to see out of that Survivor Series match. Uh, but I could be wrong. You know, they could just have the Usos fucking jump Xavier Woods the first one minute into the match and him lose like immediately. That but would it's, suck. It, it's WWE. I would love it. <laughs> I would love it if it's, um, you know, if it's down to Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Bobby Lashley, because that makes sense that it would be those three against Xavier. Somehow he pulls off and fucking, uh, you know, gets a, a three count quickly 
on Bobby Lashley, you know, maybe him and uh, and uh, his oh man. Um, what the hell is the name of his dude? Um, MVP, MVP, MVP. They're like, no, no fucking way. And then Bobby Lashley kicks him a couple times before leaving. And then because of bullshit with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, maybe even Kevin Owens, even though he's a heel right now. I don't know. They, they, they could do a lot with this. This could be a lot of fun. And then Xavier gets the win, puts more credibility on him. And I want to see Xavier eventually get that damn championship. So if this is a slow process of building him, I'm down is what I'm saying, Chris. And he would be a good guy to put the championship belt on. There's a lot of outside. I mean, it's not as big as like being a guy that's on the ESPN or whatever, but he just relaunched G4 TV congratulations Xavier Woods him and Adam Sessler so there is a lot of media around Xavier Woods and up up down down and his video game presence uh and and you have the release of the new WWE uh 22k coming out it's not the worst time to give him a really big push if you're gonna do it we'll just see if they pull it off I'm always just hesitant because we also watch Lana win a match by not doing anything last year's survivor series if you remember holy shit i did forget about that <laughs> yeah so when you start putting it in perspective you're like there's so much good shit they could do out of this match look how many good people they have good wrestlers they have in this match and then you're just like yeah but then like lana won by just standing on the ring stairs being scared <laughs> so that's the double-edged sword with WWE sometimes. Yeah, I don't need that concept at all. Oh, well. All right, let's move on to the next match. The women's, uh, you know, classic five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match. We have Team Team Tapton, is what I was about to say. (laughs) Team Captain Bianca Belair with Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina. I just want to note that since she's been there the whole entire time, Nikki, Super Nikki, whatever the fuck they call her, her and Rhea are still the tag champions. I bet you, I don't know, 90% of this audience forgot that because I almost did. Um, anyways, and they're going against Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony Storm. This should be a really good match, too. Um, I am going to say this is going to be now they probably won't do that because if Liv Liv Morgan's going to like lose now that I think about it like probably the second person. So I won't give it to her. I think Bianca Belair is going to get a win over Sasha Banks. That will come down to the two of them and she will get the win and win it for Team Raw. That's what I think, Chris. That makes a lot of sense. I just have Shayna penciled in here. Yeah. Because they feel like they, they feel like they already have a built-in feud with Sasha and Bianca. And they've been trying to push Shayna as a monster again. So I just have her penciled in for winning. But I, it could go either way. And also, I did forget that they were female tag team champions. When's the last time they defended that belt? I don't know, man. <laughs> Nebraska, 1966 or some shit. Uh, I also want to make mention that last night, Shotzi 
even if she's now pushing more heel direction, she's coming off ferocious. And her match with uh, Sasha, even though Sasha inevitably won, uh, was a damn good match and might play into this just like Seth and Kevin Owens in their match. They're not getting along at all. So maybe Team Raw also gets that benefit of winning due to that. Yeah, that's a good call. They definitely could do something like that. Uh, We kind of mentioned her a little bit earlier, but Session Maltez auditioned or tried out for NXT before. Is she someone that you could see coming into this roster that's completely different and actually working in WWE? Because, like, the more I think about it, it kind of, if they didn't dial her back too much, it might be a good baby face they could actually utilize. It One of the things, and it's sad that this matter, matters because, obviously, Session Moth Martina, um, it, it it shouldn't matter, but the whole, like, we don't want indie people in their 30s, is what makes me think that that would not be... Because she's only 31, and she's fucking still young as shit, and she's a veteran, and that should be good things going forward. Uh, But with WWE's new weird concept of wanting to build it from the ground up, I think that would be her biggest hurdle. Especially now that Triple H and Shawn Michaels and like those guys aren't seeing the tryouts first. Uh, We're now talking about Bruce Pritchard, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, I'm just I we just named all those people and the only baby face they really have is Bianca Belair. They're starving for baby faces. And I guess if Bailey comes back at Rumble, you have to push her as a baby face. So I Yeah. I mean they have super Nikki and uh I guess Rhea Ripley, who's kind of a heel really. I would love to see um um, who's in NXT right now? That that would be a good addition. Uh, Io Shirai, man, give her a chance. I love this stuff where she just comes up to someone and says, "I don't like you," but I don't like that person more. Or you know that attitude she has. I know they would fuck her up completely, probably, or try to put her back with, not back, but like put her with Oscar as soon as Oscar comes back. But I think she could be a great baby face, and she's tough. They need Oscar back. Yeah, and uh, hopefully Asuka's over her injury soon. I'm assuming they're saving her for a big return, probably for Rumble. I would She could be off the roster until then, honestly, just because I don't know how many big names they're going to get. I know that uh, Trish has said that she's wanted to wrestle again, so maybe she'll show up at Rumble, but they just don't have a lot of female baby faces. They need someone... To me, the the savior could be Bailey, especially if you're gonna focus things around yeah. Sasha, uh, Charlotte, and Becky. Uh, Bailey coming in as kind of the afterthought after an injury. I, I feel like the crowd's gonna pop for that, kind of like when Triple H came back from his injury at the Rumble, if you remember that, um, or when they fucked over Seth Rollins and turned him heel immediately, as opposed to letting the fans actually enjoy that he was back. Maybe that's going to be their big baby face but they need someone i mean bianca's great but you you need someone for both brands you know what i wouldn't even mind if by mania none of the four horsewomen have titles and there are championship matches in place and it becomes more of a hey who gives a shit between who's on what brand the four of us 
in a four-way fucking match. Uh, not elimination, just straight up who is the best female out of this match. I think that could be as marquee as a championship match, uh, especially within the women's division. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I What I think they should do if, if she's serious about wanting to wrestle is throw a fuck ton of money at Paige Van Zandt because she has the look that Vince would want and she also has the legitimacy behind her. That's someone you could build into a baby face. But uh, yeah, I, I like that idea, the one you just threw out there. I'm just... The women's division has been focused around the four horsemen for so long. It's like you have you one of them has to be a baby face. Can't all be fucking heels. Bianca can't fight everyone all the time. So I don't know. I, I'm a little down on WWE's women's division, even though a lot of the matches are really good. You know, it's not the match quality. It's more just where the hell is the story going? And I will not say at all at for any type of review purposes that uh, Paige Van Zandt's um, uh, website was worth the $10 for the month, but it is, it definitely is. So uh, just saying anyways. <laughs> okay. Well then maybe she just eliminated herself by having an only fans or whatever. It's her own website. It's not only fans. So uh, probably not. I have no fucking clue. Someone get Paige Van Zandt in the ring. I think she could be a great professional wrestler. I think she, uh, she has all those qualities, um, and I appreciate the uh, the, the 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 DMs. Um, anyways, let's let's move <laughs> on. Uh, and la 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 la. All right, uh, let's go to Damian Priest going against Shinsuke Nakamura. This is actually, I think this could be a sleeper match. I really do. I think Damian's gonna win, um, and I hope. Shinsuke is put into more matches than fucking tag matches. Why is the IC champion just in tag matches? Like, I like Rick Boogs, but I'm just saying. If he's not going to be fucking doing these singles matches for the IC belt, or at least in that realm, get the fucking belt off of him. But him and Damian Priest should be awesome. Damian's been on a tear. He's definitely gotten a little more aggressive with his demeanor and just actions within the ring, so... Yeah, I would actually, I would have Damien go over. Um, what do you think, Chris? I think if they give them like 10 to 15 minutes, this could end up being match of the night. If Shinsuke wants to show up and have a good fucking match with Damien Priest, that's that could easily be like one of the best matches of the night. Uh, my worry is they're just going to do like a four-minute match and Shinsuke is going to drop the title, which I'm fine with. I like, I like what they're doing with Damien Priest. I feel like well, out of... The no titles that, on the line. It's just okay. U.S. champion versus Intercontinental champion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's title versus title, but no. So, so, yeah, sorry. Because Survivor Series. you good. Uh, but so, yeah, I feel like they could have like a really great match, right? And Damian Priest is one of the few people they've brought up from NXT and not just completely fucked up. Like they've actually protected that guy <laughs> quite a bit. I, I don't know what his record is, but. For a while there, he was undefeated in singles competition in general. He may still be, uh, just because I I haven't kept up with it as much. But uh, him versus Shinsuke, that should be pretty good. If they give them time, it could easily be the match of the night. That would be a really, really fun yep. match. Uh, just depends on what day you're going to catch Nakamura on, I guess. And how much he wants <laughs> to do how much he wants to do in the ring. And I'm not blaming him. Like Nakamura is an older guy. <laughs> He's done a lot of shit. 
in his career. And uh, he seems completely content with whatever the hell they want him to do. So if they say we need 15 minutes, it'll be a great match. If they say we need four minutes, then they, like Damian Priest is going to beat him pretty quickly. I agree. And I like Damian Priest because of the fact that unlike their new standards, uh, it seems like Vince likes him a lot, but he's got a lot of qualities that I say for Eddie Kingston. Also, you know, in the past, one of my favorite wrestlers, Diamond Dallas Page, he's he's 39 years old. He looks incredible. He he does stuff to the outside. Like stylistically, I could say honestly more of a DDP concept because he does a lot of springboards at his age. And you're just like, what the fuck? And by the time he gets a title, he'll probably in his uh, early 40s. But he's got everything. And now he's like kind of adhering to his more influence from the undertaker as opposed to razor Ramon, like he was doing and he's got like, you know, an edge to him. So, uh, I'm looking for this match. I, I agree with you, Chris. I think this could actually steal the, uh, the night depending on if Nakamura wants to show up or not, dude, knock can go back to Japan if he wants to. And he has that option for a lot and probably be represented in a huge way, but he got his ass kicked, you know, both matches that he went over, just, I mean, he had an MMA career. He's probably just chilling, enjoying himself at this point and saying, fuck it, you know? Yeah, and he's a he's a guy they're always going to get a reaction out of, even if he's on top or not, because he's, he's a fucking legend, right? So, uh, I don't know if he drops the title. Does he get released, like, two weeks from now? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> don't say that. Well, if he does, he'll probably be like, I'll surf to the next fucking place in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> He's just going to surf all the way to Japan and uh, have... Dude, he's going he's gonna to call Rocky... No, 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 no. He's not going to call Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero and Gaida, Gato are going to call him at the same time, begging him to come back home, basically, if he were to get released. I mean, if you're just, fucking Tanahashi, you call him, and you're like, hey, you want to do that thing we used to do? <laughs> but then, like, he's like, ah, damn it, now i got to work out more and stretch more. I was enjoying just surfing okay. for a workout. <laughs> I gotta go have a real match. It's not four minutes on TV. It's gonna God. suck. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but how how great would Shinsuke Nakamura showing up in New Japan be? That would be fucking awesome. It really would. Yeah, it would be great to see. I, 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 like those two, like to me, Tanahashi and Nakamura are so important to what. New Japan currently is and what they built towards. And Shibata, yep. See those two guys again. It would be great to see Shibata in the ring again. Apparently, he wants to fucking go. And at this point, I'm done hey, telling a three way. not to wrestle. <laughs> a three-way, even though he's been told not to wrestle, could work for him where they could have him in but not actually have him, you know, have obviously Shinsuke and fucking Tanahashi do the majority of the work. Well, maybe he went to go see Daniel Bryan's doctor with a hyperbolic chamber and Shibata is like actually going to pop out like fucking Goku or some shit. Yeah, bullshit, uh, dude. That, that's totally like Daniel Bryan's hyperbolic chamber is either designed by the same people that, you know, designed fucking Luke Skywalker's or like it's like a Dragon Ball Z fucking invention come to life. Like, I have no idea what the fuck that guy's <laughs> yeah. doing. Maybe maybe Nakamura's got that phone number. Shibata's got that phone number. They're just going to show up, and then we're going to get 10 years ago Shibata versus Nakamura, which would be, be awesome. incredible. But, uh, yeah. I, three pillars of New Japan. Well, the, the modern three pillars, I should say. Yeah. Sorry. 
it should be it should be great either way i i just hope they give them time to work and uh it makes me worried because they have all these multi-min matches that this is going to be like a four or five minute match but god it just makes me miss nakamura in new japan where he was still having like 15 minute bangers with people like Sami Zayn when he first came in as the king of strong style and then they changed him to the AJ hardest styles brought him to the main roster and you're just like why uh, i still love nakamura if he's happy i'm happy i don't care i mean he's given me enough matches for me not to really worry about it but this one could be a show still here if they give them the amount of time and it would be a big moment if Damian Priest has a really good match on the main roster, because I would say on the main roster, his best matches have probably been in, against Sheamus. Yeah. So giving him like a high profile, really good 10 to 15 minute match with Nakamura, get both guys to really send it. This could be a, a big moment for him, but uh, they don't let me book this show, Dane. So who knows? They're probably going to get three minutes and then like a roll up finish or some shit. That would be weird. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to the tag match. We have RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Riddle, the Raw Tag Team Champions, going against the Usos, Jay and Jimmy Uso, the SmackDown Tag Champions. This should be an awesome match. It should be a lot of fun. Matt Riddle is getting pinned, this is my prediction at least, by uh, Jimmy Uso. Uh, Jimmy needs a little bit of levity because he's been fucking up constantly. Jay has been the, uh, you know, the guy that was there before Jimmy's injury was done. And he's been, you know, working with Roman for a while. So if Jimmy gets this win, it could be really big for their unit. And uh, I think it just makes sense that, uh, unfortunately, Riddle takes the pin for this. But this is going to be another excellent match. RK Bro and the Usos will bring it. Are you ready for the super bold prediction of the pay-per-view? <laughs> so Matt Riddle's in the center of the ring. They're going to do the double frog splash. RKO out of nowhere. RKO. Pin. Randy Orton gets the pin. Raw tag team goes over. I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my uh, prediction, Chris. But definitely, uh, if you're putting money on this in Vegas, uh, RKO off of Frog Splash, that <laughs> that's probably going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> All right, so the last two matches, uh, probably the, the, the two biggest matches they've done a really good job uh, building up. Let's go over Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I have come to the conclusion that some of the out-of-WWE interviews and also the reports that we've heard are all bullshit and that it's all been fabricated to build to this match because they've definitely positioned Becky as a baby face, at least in this altercation with her and Charlotte, but they're going into the, all of that now, you know, in video packages and in, in their, their interviews and in their promos, it's about what used to be their relationship and how it's deteriorated and everything. So I think I really honestly think that I don't know if there's really that much tension between the ladies. I think that might have been fabricated a bit uh, for this match. You know, people are wondering, is this Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels? Is this Matt Hardy and Edge? You know, and I think WWE did a good job presenting that. It might actually be true. 
but these women, they're going to want to bring it regardless. And this could be the match of the night. Uh, Becky and Charlotte always have great chemistry, but I actually see Charlotte going over because I'm evil. And that's what evil people do. Becky's on Raw, right? Yep. She's a Raw Women's Champion. Charlotte is a SmackDown Women's Champion. Montreal screw job. Adam Pierce gets involved somehow, and Becky gets the win over Charlotte. They're going to try to turn Charlotte babyface. Another bold I, prediction. I love that. I love that. Uh, it's Survivor Series. The Brett and Sean, the, the fact that they've been bringing it up and talking about the Survivor Series and, and the fact they've built this feud the way they have with it being outside of them like them having backstage heat it seems like they're going to do some kind of montreal screw job thing it's been a couple do you think of all of this has been one. bullshit no but i think wwe smart enough to know that like we might to as capitalize well put, on it yeah we might as well put it in a fucking story because i'm sure that like charlotte at least in the past couple of months, she has just kind of went off script and done her own shit. So if they want to make her the Bret Hart of this situation, they could do that. Uh, maybe don't release her afterwards because that's not, <laughs> that's not going to work out for you. You got away with it the first time with Bret just because Eric Bischoff didn't know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> but like, don't go that route. But uh, I, I easily could see them doing the screw job finish here and, uh, Adam Pierce, why is he so? We didn't really talk about this, but why is he so into Raw versus Smack? Like he's on Team Raw, but he's the, he's the fucking GM of both, right? Dude, they've never established. It seems like even though both of them are out there constantly together, it seems like I guess Adam Pierce is supposed to be more so for Raw and. Um, Sonya Deville is supposed to be more for SmackDown. I have no fucking clue, but I agree with you 100%. Yeah, uh, it's maybe that that's why I said Adam Pierce maybe gets involved and they do some kind of screwy finish uh, because there is a winner of the Survivor Series brand wise in this. So if the uh, Raw tag team wins and, and they win, you could have Raw, I guess, technically take the night potentially off those two matches so so char this should be the main event and charlotte needs to spit a loogie at at adam pierce dude who doesn't want to see charlotte flair kick adam pierce's ass he still knows how to sell i'm sure he'd sell really well for her you know well what was his uh name on the independence uh his uh moniker adam pierce I saw him and Gunner, which is Riker, who was one of the people that were released, right, uh, at an NWA show in 2012 for the NWA title. It was a really good match, now that I'm thinking back on it. Uh, this was obviously before Corgan bought NWA, but good shit. I thought he was, like, called Something Daddy. Um, they brought it up on Raw before. I think that was like oh. his nick, like his his nickname, but like his moniker. Him, yeah, when I saw him, he was he was definitely it was Adam Pierce versus Gunner. Scrap Daddy, that's what it was that I've heard before. Okay. Uh, by the way, if, and uh, Chris is probably already saying this, but if you haven't seen Adam Pierce in action, he was a really fucking good wrestler. So go check out that shit. 
yeah, lots of good matches on Ring of Honor. Um, the particular match I was talking about, I don't think is filmed anywhere because it was for like a wrestling fan fest. But it was, uh, he did two nights. He did one versus uh, Gunner and then one versus Colt Cabana. And both matches were really great. It's great wrestling. All right, the last match on this Survivor Series will be Biggie, the Raw WWE Champion, going against Roman Reigns, the SmackDown Universal Champion, with Paul Heyman in his corner. I mean, Roman's got to get another win, right? That's how it has has been. Um, I'd love to see Biggie win, and if that happens, uh, actually, honestly, I love Biggie, but if Biggie's the guy that can take out Roman in this in this last stretch of Roman's lineage, or not lineage, but uh, you know, destiny, if you will. Uh, I, I want Roman to win. I'll actually be like, what the fuck, if Biggie wins, and I love Biggie. I have Big E winning here. Oh, due to Brock Lesnar's theme music hitting. Because the Rock has came out and said he's not going to be at Mania this year, so that's your match is is Roman versus Brock. I'm assuming. Um, and I know that he's got appearances already scheduled for December, so this might be the time to go ahead and pull the trigger on Brock showing up. So I have Biggie here with a f- weird fucky finish. I like it. If that happens the way that you're saying it, I won't have as much of a problem. But uh, most other ways, I'll probably be like, what the fuck, in all honesty. And, they, I mean, they could still give Biggie a big win here either way because Xavier Woods is on the same show and he already has heat with Roman. So if you really want to give him a push, have him win the Survivor Series match and then have him cost Roman the match against Biggie, like whether he shows up to fight off the Usos or whatever, um, there's ways to do that. But I think Big E probably needs this win more than Roman at this point. Yeah. I could see that. Um, any last thoughts about SmackDown? Anything that I didn't go over related to this or Raw uh, that you'd like to talk about? No, I mean, it's still the Roman Reigns show, right? Um, so we kind of already hit on all that stuff with Roman and Xavier Woods, so... Uh, I think it was a, it was a good show. How did it's you like uh, Shotzi and uh, what you call it? Shana, uh, not Shayna Baszler. God dang it, uh, Sasha Banks. Thought it was and good. I, I like Shotzi new heel being, persona for 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 Shotzi. Sorry. I like Shotzi being more aggressive, but I don't like her as a heel. I don't know why they turned her heel, which we've talked about previously. But uh, it's fine. It's the thing is with Sasha is she's just naturally a heel. So, like, I know that they're saying, like, is she really a baby face? Is that, is that what I'm supposed to be believing here? I guess, but if she is, she's a terrible fucking baby face. <laughs> yeah. She's very like, egotistical. Yeah, it's it's just that. It's, uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Shotzi, I thought, was could have been a huge baby face for them. But uh, whatever, man, they turned her heel. Maybe they think that she's going to get her jaw broken and become the next Becky Lynch. I have no idea. <laughs> well, now, um, no tank, no Tiganox, um, no Ember Moon from beforehand. And, uh, yeah, she's just this aggressive firecracker, apparently. 
I yeah, I, I do like that aspect of her as far as the in ring work goes. Her being just a fucking straight dick, basically, <laughs> and being a meaner version of herself, which they've like they've also done this with uh, Damian Priest, though he's not a heel. But um, yeah, it's it's I, I enjoy watching her. I just don't understand why they would have turned her heel and once again. Uh, Sasha is like the world's worst baby face. She's a great wrestler, but she's just a terrible baby face. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, well, uh, let's go to AEW. We had the return, not even return, uh, the aftermath, I would say, of AEW Full Gear presented uh, completely on uh, this episode. Um <laughs> Damn, dude. The beginning of this, you know, we've complained because of WWE about having their uh, beginning just start with said wrestler, here's my complaints, blah, 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 blah. And it goes nowhere. It ends up usually being a singles match and then somehow goes to a three-on-three match and progresses the first hour completely. This Raw does this all the time. It really works for Roman Reigns. And it also works, I would say, with Adam Page coming out and being all excited. I love the first comment, Chris, that he made when people were saying, you deserve it. He said, so cowboy. I mean, really, I didn't deserve it. I effing earned it. And people went crazy and started doing, you earned it. And uh, I just love Adam Page because whether it be like a Tommy Rich, whether it be Barry Windham, whether it be, you know, a David Von Erich, he really embodies that kind of innocent but still a badass cowboy concept, I would say, with an AEW. And his promo was very sincere, and as soon as he mentioned Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan came out. Uh, Daniel Bryan apparently was not trying – oh, sorry, I'm saying his name wrong – Brian Danielson was apparently not trying to start anything with Adam Page. He just wanted to congratulate him. And then he made the bad decision of insulting him by saying, you know, I have to be honest with you. I am surprised and also disappointed that Kenny Omega did not win this. And, you know, Adam Page was like, well, just let you know, I didn't need, uh, you know, the amount of time, the 20 minutes that you needed to get a draw, I was able to beat him before that. And that started a spiral. People started turning on. And we should have really looked at the fact that they were in the home state of of Adam Page, of uh, you know, who he probably thought was gonna win even more so. I think that both of us said that that Hangman should win, but we didn't have that confirmation. And then Daniel Bryan starts going off on the residents of Virginia. He talked about the fact that, you know, well, when I won uh, at WrestleMania, um, I ended up defending the title the next night because that's the type of champion that I am. And that kind of called out Adam Page. Adam Page wanted to wrestle him. And Daniel Bryan, damn it, I'm going to do that the whole entire fucking time. Bryan Danielson said that, you know, he doesn't want to hear excuses. He knows his past, and he doesn't want Adam Page to have the concept that he wasn't ready, uh, that 
he just fought Kenny Omega for the title, and that's why he lost, so he would give him some time. And, uh, you know, when Virginia started uh, going after him and booing, uh, he came back and said, of course, Virginia would have a problem with hard work. Uh, this prompted the match that we already knew was going to happen between Evil Uno and Brian Danielson. And, you know, right before it, we're having a pull apart between him and Adam Page and people are getting involved, trying to hold each other back. But he has a match and he says that he's going to, you know, basically kick the head in of Evil Uno. And they had a good match. He ended up giving him a couple of kicks to the face, got his his maneuver on him. And that was it from Evil Uno. It was the one thing I will I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a. Uh, I love Aubrey Edwards, besides the fact that she has the slowest fucking 10 count out of any referee. My other thing I, have, I would have to say is let if a triangle hold is applied, you got to wait until the fucking person passes out. They like they were in it for like 0.3 seconds and you tap the bell. So whatever. Brian Danielson won and he told Tony Schiavone in an interview after that, that he's going to continue kicking the head of every member of the Dark Order. And that next week we're back in Chicago and he wants to take out Cole Cabana. And they haven't had a match in years. It should be a great match. And I definitely see Brian Danielson beating. But is he healing it up for the hometown of Adam Page since he knew they weren't going to be on him uh, as the uh, victor, if you will, in that in that scenario? Or is Brian Danielson showing heel aspects? Because it seems like CM Punk's going back to being a babyface from stuff we'd see later on in this program. I think uh, the American Dragon himself is a heel at this point. And uh, the next couple weeks, even outside of Cole Cabana, he's beating people in their hometowns. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the triangle choke at the end of the match, I didn't have as big of a problem with, but maybe I just watched it differently because I thought the, because he talked about kicking people's head in, I thought he had already knocked out Evil Uno with a kick and then just put him in a fucking triangle choke to be a dick because then he hit the Nate Diaz like flex on it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And if he's going to start doing that, that's Oh awesome. yeah. That's awesome. Especially if he's turning heel. So I didn't have as big of a problem with it, but I get what you're saying. Maybe it was a little too quick uh, from Audrey Edwards, but I didn't have it. I thought it was a great match and him and Colt Cabana should be a banger because Colt Cabana is a good wrestler. Uh, I hate his goofy fucking Superman pin finish, but he's a good wrestler. So him and the, uh, sorry, I, I did the same thing as you, Daniel Bryan, uh, the American dragon. That's what I'm just going to call him from now on. <laughs> I feel like he's going to kick in Colt's head, put him in a triangle choke. Uh, and actually they'll slow it up this time. He'll flex on him and move on to, I think a 10 is after that. That's what they have projected. So yeah, he's just going to run through them. But I, I love this. I thought it was great. And um, they're basically just backfilling what they I'm assuming that Moxley was going to win. That tournament so they're so that they would have a heel for Hangman. So they're just like, hey. Brian Danielson, do you want to be a heel? And the American Dragon was like, sure, <laughs> fuck it. Why not? And uh, he's been great at it so far. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's far-fetched to think that he's not doing a shade of gray thing, that he's going to be a straight heel, especially running through 
all of these people. Maybe he puts Bertie Lee's kid in a triangle chair. Uh, oh, get, get, get him some that will get heat. heat. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're not going to do that. But that would be amazing if this was the 1970s, Dane. They totally would do that. Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I, I like this and um, I like this better than Babyface versus Babyface, like Brian Danielson versus uh, Hangman both his baby faces so if he's just gonna destroy all of his friends that's good and hopefully I, I mean we both think that hangman's gonna end up winning so it makes more sense if, if brian danielson's gonna be heel you're gonna give him a bunch of wins through the dark order so he's still gonna keep his record etc i think that this spot was made for moxley because it seemed like they were turning moxley heel during that tournament and then obviously he had to leave for personal reasons which i send my well regards to him i hope everything's going well with that but uh if they were like hey do you, do you just want to be an asshole and you're like sure <laughs> why not well I, you know i i think that and i always go backwards as you know but brian danielson has made it very known as much as he loves uh you know your dean malenko's your chris benoit's um your uh, own hearts, his one of his biggest influences, Bret Hart. And I think he has that edge of Bret Hart where he might be a better promo, I would say, as a baby face than Bret. I think that they both do the whole like, I'm a badass, I'll kick your ass and that's how it's going to be type of concept. But when they turn heel, my God, it's it's like I'm just a I'm a better fucking fighter than you. Just bring it, bitch. Like, I don't need to, like, you know, do anything else. I can just outwork you. I'm 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 a better person in the ring. And I think Brian Danielson brings that concept within this. And it's it's a fact. We watched Brian Danielson, even though I kind of thought like the environmentalist, the fucking the wooden uh championship belt that he had that I'm sure that he just like rolled his eyes with uh with Vince McMahon. When he was doing that, man, he was he was able to like hit a nerve. And the only place he was over with, like Brett was in Canada, was in Seattle, where they acted like he was like this perfect baby face. So if Brian Danielson wants to be a heel, even if it's temporary for this feud, he knows how to do it, man. And he knows how to like fucking piss off people. So even if it's past Virginia, which is where Adam is from. I think he's able to take that and work it in a way that we'll like, uh, especially within this feud with him and the cowboy, Adam, Adam uh, Hangman Page. Yeah, and I, I think it also makes a lot of sense if you're bringing in someone like Okada, who Brian has talked about wanting to work. Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson is going to be a heel in that match. Right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. If you're building towards the future, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, I love the environmentalist stuff he did. That's still like the best version of that title, <laughs> the wooden title. I thought that thing was. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I thought the hemp wooden title looked sick. Um, he's been great at being a heel, even when he was in. He didn't have as much of a run, but like team. Like when he was no Daniel Bryan, <laughs> he knows how to take a little bit of the crowd and take them completely out of it, right? Um, so it'll he's be arrogant, cool. 
and and they're going to give him the ability to kick in all of the Dark Order's heads. <laughs> and there's a lot of fuckers in that that group. So if he's just going to just start demolishing everyone he comes across in the Dark Order until he gets to Hangman Page, that's a good build up. I don't think Hangman is going to drop the belt. That's not really the point. And like I said, I think originally this was probably slotted for Moxley. Uh, looking at oh, yeah. in, in retrospect, because they had already started Moxley's heel turn. So uh, they could have picked worse because I, 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 when I picked Orange Cassidy after Moxley backed out to win, <laughs> just because I thought yeah. it would be ridiculous. They didn't go that route. <laughs> heel Orange Cassidy would have been really weird. <laughs> I just realized I'm going to watch Alan Angels get his head kicked in in Atlanta. That's uh-huh. what it should probably be, right? I mean, he's the only one from Atlanta, and that's in a couple of weeks. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Brian Danielson is probably going to kick his head in. Yeah, that's the Gwinnett Arena show. So right, 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 what, 10 minutes from my house, he's going to get his head kicked in. Sorry, Alan Angels. Whatever happened to Pineapple Pete? Speaking of names that what? just have two letters. <laughs> Where the fuck did Pineapple Pete go? Uh. All right, this next match, speaking about Okada, Orange Cassidy and fellow Chaos member Tamiro Ishii came out with the rest of the best friends and Rocky Romero to against the Butcher and the Blade with Matt Hardy. This was... I mean, it was a fine match, but I just feel bad for the Butcher, who is on tour currently with Every Time I Die, um, and said he would take this match because of the honor of being in the ring with Chormahiro Ishii. And, uh, you know, uh, he tore his bicep, apparently. So he's going to be out for a while. I hope that doesn't fuck up shit that's going on tour, too, because he's in a pretty decently big band. Uh, but the Butcher uh, got the teardrop brainbuster from Ishii for the win. And Ishii and Cassidy beat the Butcher and the Blade. I'm so sick of fucking Matt Hardy's group being on. I just, I'm, I'm done with it, man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I would way rather the tag team Go by itself, honestly, at this point. Not Butcher in the Blade, but fucking, uh, t- uh, whatchamacallit, Private Party. Get away from that. We don't need a lot of these guys. And uh, I feel bad that the Butcher fucked himself up, even if it was to be in a match that he demanded to be a part of. Uh, I appreciate that. Ishii looked awesome. Stone Pitbull. Love to see him in a match with the Ultimate Warrior. Who the fuck would go down for that? Come on, think about it. It's crazy. What do you think about this match, Chris? I got Ishii winning in a shoot because <laughs> he just gets pissed at all. <laughs> He's like, who the fuck is this guy? Fuck, fuck this. <laughs> um, the crowd was weird on this one. Like, did they not realize who Ishii was? Because that's what it kind of seemed like. Probably not. But by the end of the match, he had them in the palm of his hands, which just proves how great of a fucking wrestler he is. And that sucks really bad about the Butcher. Hopefully he didn't tear his rhythm uh, bicep because then they're going to have to find a fill-in guitar player, I would assume. Because, like, I don't know a lot about bodily injuries, but I know you use your bicep when picking on guitar because I play guitar. I can't imagine playing, like, an hour and a half set 
with a fucking torn bicep. Uh, Do you obviously, think Keith Buckley was like, God damn it, this fucking wrestling shit, man. <laughs> ah! They're going to go out and get the guy from Alkaline Trio that just plays in everyone's bands. Uh, what is his name? Matt Skiba. Fucking <laughs> 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 fill in. Uh, what's really funny is I saw Alkaline Trio just go on a derail. I saw Alkaline Trio when I was in like, it was like 2007. And uh, he was like, we're looking for another guitarist because I'm tired of playing guitar all the time. And then he just joined like seven bands, <laughs> uh, which is fucking hilarious. But uh, yeah, all joking aside, man, bicep injury, if you're a guitar player, that sucks, especially if it's on your rhythm arm. So hopefully that's not the case. I didn't see any botches in this match, so I'm just assuming that it just shit happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good match. Ishii's there. That'll be fun. So, uh, we see Ishii there. Um, we also know, even though I kind of complained about it the last time we talked about, um, everyone's added to Chaos. Rock Romero's there, obviously. Uh, you know, we know that we haven't seen Yano or Goto, but who knows if they'll end up doing something. But, yeah, New Japan Openweight Champion in the corner with Orange Cassidy. New members with him, Chris Atlander, Chucky e. T, uh, all added. Where Trent was already a part of it. But basically, Chris, what I'm trying to go around uh, and doing a terrible job. When the fuck are we seeing Okada show up? And is Okada going to show up on AEW when Kenny Omega is injured? Yeah, but he has great matchups, even with Kenny being out. Depending on how long he's going to be there, right? Because you got the American Dragon you can do a match with. You got Hangman you can do a match with. You got Cody you can do a match with. Uh, he could fuck up the Young Bucks if he wanted to. There's a lot. I mean, they're definitely they're teasing Okada. They've, they say his name every time they get a chance. So... They're putting the seed there. It just uh, well, fucking uh, Jr. Even said that he's like, he's like all the members. You know, uh, Ishii's a badass. I used to do stuff uh, with New Japan uh, along with my friend. Uh, what the hell's his name? Um, what's the MMA guy that has his own wrestling organization? Um, uh, damn it, Bar- Barnett. Yeah, Josh Barnett, he, he, he uh, you know, said, like, you know, good things about him. And he's like, but the buck stops with Kazuchika Okada. When will we see him in AEW? And why the hell would JR say that? Because Okada's like, fuck it. <laughs> uh, man, that's going to be incredible. There's so many good matches they can have with him. I, I wonder how long they're going to be able to keep him. And uh, for people getting their hopes up in the next couple of months, I don't think it's going to happen until after Wrestle Kingdom. It's going to be a slow burn because he has a he's currently carrying the old IG uh, was IGPW heavyweight championship belt and night one. He's got a he's got to beat Shingo and then go on to go against Will Ospreay to win that title. Yeah, so that's what they've set up. So I don't assume I, I wouldn't assume that he's going to AEW before. If he shows up in AEW before that, you can pencil him in for a loss at 
Wrestle Kingdom, but I w- I'm assuming that New Japan's going to wait on that one. God, wouldn't they it be great for him and Kenny to have another match on Wrestle Kingdom? It would be. I know it's, it's not, not going to happen. No, it could happen. I, I think if Okada does goodwill for AEW, you could see that in Japan. Because they're under new ownership. They have a booking committee now. I could see that happening. If, if Okada comes over and works like a bunch of dates for AEW, you could see Kenny Omega showing up in the G1 or something. I don't think that's too far-fetched. If Kenny wants to do it, we don't know how bad or what he's going to be like when he comes through multiple injuries. Uh, he's already talked about it being close to the closer to the end of his career than the beginning of his career, which is sad to hear. But uh, yeah, torn labrum, abdominal hernia. So he's going to have two surgeries at the same time. He might be ready by G1. Who knows? He could show up and, uh, you know, piss in Okada's territory if he really wanted to. So it just depends on what they're going to do. But, yeah, we're going to get that match again. Okada's going to will it into existence. <laughs> He's going to show up and fight Kenny at the hospital <laughs> post-surgery. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> but, like, seriously, with the American audience, they need to see if they haven't already seen Omega and Okada. You know, is, it, is that the point where it's like, even though either person could have better competitors, it's like Steamboat and fucking uh, uh, Randy Savage almost at this point? I mean, I would say so. I think that's it's not like they've had bad matches, but nothing has ever been to the level of what they've done together. Yeah, because, I mean, Okada might have had a better rivalry with uh, someone like Tanahashi and uh, Steamboat might have had a better fucking rivalry with uh, Ric Flair. But the match itself, especially the first one with Okada and Omega, it was a different level. It was like when you saw Rey Mysterio and Psychosis doing shit in ECW at first. You know, it's like something that completely changed dynamic of wrestling like Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat in WrestleMania 4. Okada took a fucking dragon suplex off the top rope. Oh, and God, God, that, <laughs> oh, one of the worst bumps ever in, in, in a very good way. But still, Jesus. Okada's unkillable. He's like Superman. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I'm, I'm stoked. And they're definitely doing a good job of getting the audiences, like maybe your casual audience, used to that name. So when he does show up, it'll be a big deal. Because they're not going under the assumption that everyone is going to know who Okada is. And I think that's why they're really driving the name home. And uh, hopefully they can get some video from New Japan when they do bring him in. And uh, hopefully you guys realize the music we have at the beginning of the show is Kajushika Okada's. Because if you have not known why we have that random wonderful jingle, uh, you guys can find it out in how because, yeah, it's his. It's some Rainmakers. It is that badass. But uh, There's so much they can do with him. He could show up and just tear through the fucking elite. I would love if Gato came with him as a manager, honestly. Get over <laughs> all the fucking Gato being a part of, uh, you know, Club, Bullet Club. Club or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff 
I, I can only imagine if they would have done what we were well they can't now but if all the shit about Ric Flair didn't come out Okada and Flair together that would have been solid <sighs> but either way Okada's so fucking good in the ring it's it's not gonna matter it's, it's, what if like Ric Flair if he were to uh, you know, be a part of AEW at this point. He's like, I got Andrade, I got Okada, I got Jay Lethal, and I have Cody Rhodes. That's my four fuckers. We're going to take all the titles everywhere. Well, I mean, obviously this is fantasy booking. If Cody does pull the trigger and turns on Arn, fuck it, maybe Arn brings in Okada. Okay, whatever works. All right, so the next match for the TBS Championship Tournament uh, had Akira Shida going against Nyla Rose, and this is a really good match. I mean, these ladies have had a lot of, uh, you know, experience going against each other in the past, obviously, and I love that Serene Deeb was, you know, just chilling uh, as a decoy in the audience. No one knew who the fuck she was, apparently. But she came and she attacked Sheeta at ringside, clipping her leg out from underneath her. And then Rose took you know, advantage of that and uh, got the stretch muffler on her and tapped her out. But this is great. I think Nyla is a good person to go over from um, when you're talking about the process of the tournament. And uh, Curse Sheeta and, Sh- and uh, Serena Deeb sounds like another awesome match between two of them so thought this is a win for either person yeah i didn't have a problem with this at all i know a lot of people got mad because she'd kind of lost um more than that didn't kind of lost but she lost and they kind of expected her to go deeper in the tournament but uh they're just continuing the story with her and serena deeps right so i didn't have a big problem with it and uh i'm assuming Ruby's on the opposite side of this tournament, right? So I'm assuming it's going to be Nyla versus Ruby. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. So I'm fine with it. And Nyla Rose has looked better in the ring to me the past few times I've saw her. So I like this match. I thought it was good. I didn't have any problems with uh, her going over in this match at all. Trying to find out the uh, information as far as where we're at with the uh, women's tournament. Um, and, of course, everything is the opposite. All right, whatever. We'll figure it out. But, yeah, Serena Deeb. I'm pretty and- sure Ruby's on the opposite bracket. It's weird that Serena Deebs isn't in the tournament. but No, know, no. Well, she, she lost to Hikaru Shida for their second match. So... Oh, that, yeah, that was the start. Never mind. That was, yeah, you're right. Um, how many times they've wrestled, like, three times now? Because you had the, the, she lost on the 50th win. Was the next match a tournament? Was the tournament match Rashida won? Probably, yeah. I okay. would say so. All right, yeah. It's a lot of fucking wrestling to keep up with in your mind. If I, if I start pulling out my legal pad of notes, I guess I could find it. But uh, either way, it doesn't matter. I think Ruby Riot's on the opposite side and seems like who they want to be the television champion. So I would assume that's uh, where they're headed is Ruby versus Nyla. Now, Ruby could lose, but that's going to be my guess for what that tournament is. 
All right. Well, we had Dante Martin um, and Leo Rush going against the acclaimed. Um, <laughs> I mean, Maskaster is uh, pretty funny and brutal with his raps. Um, but this was a pretty good match. And I mean, did anyone not expect Martin and Rush to win? Um, defeat the acclaim. But uh, either way, after the match, Team um, Taz apologized for Leo Rush for doing this when he was dealing with his grandmother's death. And uh, also just let Dante Martin know that they will be willing to let him join uh, their group as soon as he says so. So I know it's building to Team Taz versus these two. But I thought this was a good match, and uh, Leo Rush, I mean, you can say what you want to say about stuff he has put, you know, companies through, but he uh, definitely is a badass when it comes to in-ring work. Yeah, Leo Rush is someone that anyone that, like, it's the same thing as Darby Allen. Anyone that runs the ropes needs to look at Leo Rush because he hits him so fucking hard and his speed is incredible. How fast he is. It it makes everything he does look believable. It's absolutely phenomenal. I like this match. Uh, is Anthony Bowen? It's Max Caster's partner. Yep. He's a better wrestler than Max Caster. <laughs> it's almost like the heavy machinery. Kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I like this a lot. And Max Caster is still great on the mic. So, exciting to see what happens. Does Leo, I, I'm assuming Leo Rush is going to turn on Deontay Martin to set up that match. Maybe he joins Team Taz. That would be interesting. He would be a good FTW champion. Uh, some guy that's left all these different promotions for various reasons. I, the whole him retiring like four times is, is annoying, but when you watch the guy in the ring and you just watch his ability to wrestle, it's, it's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and almost, I don't want to say I give him a get out of jail free card cause I'm not there yet, but give me a couple more of these matches and I'm probably going to be there. I'm just like, fuck it. He's great. He's he's talented as fuck, man. And he's good on the mic, too. That's the other thing. And it's knowing, like, looking at all the WWE releases and shit, it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe he was just like, these promotions are trying to fuck me, so I retire twice. Yeah, definitely. All right. Last match of the night uh, on Dynamite, Sammy Guevara going against Jay Lethal. This was a fucking awesome match, man. It really was. <sighs> it sucks because if Jay Lethal loses, uh, that, that's one against him as soon as he gets there. And he's going against Sammy Guevara. I thought, personally, that you could put it on Jay Lethal and, you know, Sammy can fight, try to get back there, but it would be fine. But they, like obviously longer title reigns but i love uh jay lethal 
He's taken a little bit of influence. I mean, there's no way he cannot, but like, you know, him coming out, it's pop and circumstance and then goes into his theme. I think it works really well for him. And uh, him doing the elbow drop and getting the legs up from Sammy Guevara. I mean, they did so many awesome spots. You had Sammy jumping to the outside and Jake getting out of the way and him going through some tables. You had a lot of good stuff. And Sammy won. The uh, uh, Chris Jericho's group came out and celebrated, put Jay's arm in the air, but... I don't know. Chris, I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted Jay to take this title off of Sammy. Maybe that's stupid, but I don't know. I was fine with Sammy Guevara retaining here. And I'll be better with it once they stop putting the inner circle in these weird-ass matches that he has to be involved in. Um, It was a great match. Jay Lethal's fucking incredible. Sammy Guevara... I think might be their best young talent outside of Darby Allen or at least what startup talent, whatever you want to call it. Cause they both were on the Indies beforehand, but Sammy Guevara has been fucking great. And I have been praising him for quite a while at this point, but uh, yeah, this is a good match. And I'm assuming that this will happen again. So Give Jay Lethal some wins and uh, hopefully don't put him on fucking YouTube so I never see his matches. I'll have to go actively look at his matches, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it it's he didn't look weak in his loss or anything crazy. Um, it's more of a spectacle thing. And maybe he's at the point in his career like Daniel Bryan or CM Punk where they want to put people over. You know, which is weird because neither Daniel Bryan or CM Punk has really put anyone over <laughs> yet, <laughs> even though they keep talking about wanting to do it. Um, but, you know, Jay Lethal, does he I mean, he needs the ti- He If he wins the title, does it really help him coming in? I wouldn't have done this match first. I would have definitely had him maybe beat like Jake Hager or someone from Pride and Powerful, almost WWE booking, where he kind of goes through a little bit so you can build up some tension. Uh, but whatever, it was a good match. They raised his hand. Jay Lethal's a good promo. I'm sure he's going to find his way out of this successfully. I like the match a lot. I thought it was really, really good. I, I didn't have as much of a problem with the finish as you did, but we're both big Jay Lethal marks, so I I wanted him to have the title, but I did I didn't hate the decision to keep it on Sammy just because he just won it like three months ago. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, obviously you got to like you know build a little bit on that said title, but let's definitely move on to. The last couple things talking about AEW. So we got to interact. Before we get there, best elbow drop in the business. Is it Jay Lethal's? It's either him or Zack Ryder's for me. I don't know. Xavier is up there too, honestly. <laughs> Xavier does that. Uh, I really like that spot he does off the uh, where he walks the rope and then hits the elbow drop. Yeah. That's a good one. 
uh, is he still, I can't remember if he's still doing that or not, but he definitely does it with new day where he does like two steps on the top rope and springboards off for the elbow drop. So it's a good looking one, but Jay lethal. That would be my favorite. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Cause he does the whole pose and everything. Uh, I don't know, man. Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder, that one's a really good one, too. Before that, I would say Shawn Michaels, but he's retired now. His is the second best to Macho Man's. Oh, yeah. I would would definitely agree with you on that. All right, so the uh, first match we had Darby Allen and uh, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn called out Darby Allen and, uh, you know, was not nice to him at all. Oh, we actually forgot about something. Uh, I'm very mad my notes did not go over, but Rampage. We had uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman come out to the ring, start talking shit about Darby Allen and everything that he's done for the sport of wrestling, basically. And he says, no one in the back has balls enough to come in, you know, face me face to face. And, of course, as soon as that happens, CM Punk, um, you know, cult of personality, hits. CM Punk makes it through the ring. Just looking at Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF says Maxwell and puts his uh, hand out. And CM Punk starts laughing his ass off and goes to the back. I wanted this for a long time. And uh, I cannot wait for MJF and Maxwell Jacob Freeman to go after each other, Chris. I look forward to this feud so hard, but I'm also very disappointed because of my niece's sadness. MJF beats Darby. They immediately moved him into a feud with the gun club and skate over the fact that he got fucked (laughs) at the pay-per-view. Uh, so for me, a little too soon, just because my nieces want to see this man. They want to see Darby get the W over MJF, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. They're just moving straight forward to to Punk, which will be great for me, uh, but sucks for them. So I'm mixed mixed emotions on this one. <laughs> that's the worst, too. Um, all right. Well, Darby Allen and uh, Billy Gunn had their match at the beginning of Rampage. Like I said, this happened when Billy Gunn called out. <laughs> he called out uh, Darby and everyone made fun of him, including his uh, youngest son. I forgot what his name is, but he said, I like turtles. And uh, that was pretty funny to me. But uh, CM Punk, uh, not CM Punk. Uh, so. So I, I meant to ask this earlier. Is that actually Darby Allen as a kid, or is that just? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I assumed not, but that would have been hilarious if the I Like Turtles guy became this huge wrestling superstar years later. I like turtles. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that were like, "Why do you say that?" But if I, I laugh. If I'm Darby Allen, I'm going to have, like, my next merch is on the front. It's going to say, fuck it. And on the back, it says, I like turtles. 
Darby Allen was presented with um, the concept, and he's like, all right, well, whatever, and just walked off. And uh, Billy Gunn had a great match with him, honestly. I mean, he threw him around and just beat the shit out of him and uh, even gave, like, the suck it to him. So I guess we're going to go with this because even though Sting was at ringside and did what he could do, I don't know. Do you care about seeing Darby Allen and Billy Gunn anymore than uh, just this? Not really, but the format for Darby is they do, he has a couple singles pay-per-view matches and they do a tag match with Sting. So I'm assuming this is setting up a match between Sting and Darby versus the Gun Club. Yeah, probably. And I'm fine with that. The more I get to see Sting in the ring, the better. (laughs) So, I mean... We're in the twilight years of Sting's career, so if I get to hear, see him hit a couple more Stinger splashes, I'm all right with it. My nieces are pissed, though. <laughs> they are not, not happy. Yeah, they were like, who the hell is Billy Gunn? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> That's a hard yeah, wrestler to, uh, to explain. <laughs> Honestly, start that I'm an ass man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say start the conversation off with the he's an ass man. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Chuck and Billy. You'll know who Billy Cut is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just like, I don't know. You guys are right. You should be pissed about it. Like if you're following one person's career, it's like Darby did get kind of fucked over and they just moved on to the next thing. But uh. The marquee match is definitely Punk versus MJF, whether they want it to be or not. And Darby is invincible. And I told uh, <laughs> I told Ken, their dad, I was like, you realize Darby is going to probably lose more matches than he wins just because he's going to be over regardless. He's like Jeff Hardy. <laughs> like, he'll eventually get a title run, but it's not he's not going to be a guy that's just going to win each week like a, a like a Brian Danielson or. Um, I would equate it more to he's going to be more equated to like a Eddie Kingston, even though he has more wins. It's just he's kind of got a bulletproof persona at this point. So people aren't going to care if he wins or loses, at least the older wrestling fans that they're gearing the show towards. I agree with you. And the uh, next person to be in a match, actually, I think has a very similar concept being bulletproof. Uh, Jake Cargill, Red Velvet. They've had their feud for a while. This is for the advancing in the TBS uh, title tournament. And uh, I thought these ladies, this is definitely Jade's uh, best match I've seen, period. But I love the, uh, I don't know, the aggression that Vel- that Red Velvet is, is uh, showing in this. But I love the facial expressions that Jade has, everything. Except for some of the wrestling in between stuff, um, she's good at. Um, really don't understand why, like, someone like an Eddie Kingston or a Billy Gunn is not showing everyone how to fucking punch someone, but what are you gonna do? This match was good though, and uh, Jade ended up winning. Um, she blocked the suicide 
uh, died with a huge slap to the face. After a commercial break, she returned uh, to see Velvet trying to make a comeback, but Cargill ultimately scored the win to advance in the tournament and win over. Uh, now we have Jade coming, and uh, we'll we'll go over the at the end of it. We'll go over the the tournament itself. But um, how'd you like it, Chris? I thought it was a pretty good match, and uh, like you said. If you're going to have a punching class, Art Anderson's there. So you could just have the Art Anderson punching class in Duluth, Georgia, I guess, and send all these people there. But uh, I like the match. Jade Cargill has grown on me, but I I think her best match was the match with Shaq. And maybe it's just because Shaq was way better than expected. And uh, do you think we're ever going to get the return of that feud between, like, was it her and Cody and Brandy was originally what it was supposed to be? Unless Cody was messing around with uh, Red Velvet. No. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, I have you've liked this tournament so far, though, right? Like I, I have personally. for the most part. Yeah. Do you want to go over it? Um. All right. So right now, hold on. All right. So the last couple of matches, uh, part of this, Jade uh, went over on Red Velvet, who beat the Bunny. We have Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hayter. Um, so whoever wins that will go against Jay Cargill. I, I think Thunder Rosa will win and go against Jade. All right, so we have uh, Nyla Rose. And uh, the person that has to win between Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho. I think Ruby Soho will win. It's my opinion. I don't know if it's true. And then Thunder Rosa, Jay Cargill. I think that uh, actually, I think Jay Cargill will win and go to the finals. And then between Nala Rose and Ruby Soho, I feel like um, I'm going to say that uh, Ruby Soho wins. And then she beats Nala Rose, and she goes on to the finals against Jake Cargill. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a very hard person to pick between, between uh, (laughs) Jake Cargill and Ruby Soho. But I'm going to say Ruby Soho is the first TBS women's champion. Okay, so they're not on opposite side of the bracket. She's going to have to face Nyla before she gets to the finals. But I... I pick, um, yeah, I got Ruby Soho winning this one, and I hope she comes out the time bomb. Switch it up. <laughs> Just play Hell yeah. <laughs> that'd be amazing. But uh, Jade Cargill versus Ruby Soho, that'd be great. I could I'd definitely see that happen. I like your prediction. I do think that they, I mean, I would put the title on Ruby Soho. I have no problem with um, Thunder Rosa losing because I feel like they're going to do the Britt Baker Thunder feud so she doesn't really need to be involved in this title picture necessarily 
Yeah, definitely agree with you. Should be a fun and the uh, yeah, I, I think that's the last match. We would have Adam Cole and Bobby Fish going against Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. The thing that sucks about this match the most is I don't think they get it because Adam Cole, as soon as Christian came out with the chair, not only did that take out the Young Bucks, but Adam Cole left and kind of fucking over Bobby Fish, who would lose. I don't know how I feel about this uh, match, Chris. I would think that Adam Cole would have Bobby Fish's back no matter what, but he was scared by Christian with a uh, steel chair along with the Young Bucks. Yeah, he's a coward, right? Kenny Omega kind of... I just don't know what they're doing with this group because I thought that the idea was the Young Bucks returning heel on Kenny. Did you you like how Kenny was like, yeah, I'm taking a break for a while. Um, You guys hold it down. And then, like, Adam Cole was like, yeah, dude, we got this. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about Matt and Nick. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's why I thought that you would have dissension between Adam Cole and the rest of that group. I, I didn't realize they were going to have him leave Bobby Fish to get murdered. But, I mean, he is a chicken shit hill, at least in this company. Um, so, I guess it makes sense. It's just... Uh, it's hard to explain away because I thought they were going to do Undisputed Era versus the Bucks. Apparently not. Because like in a, a month or maybe like a, mu- a couple months, like Redragon will be able to get together again. <laughs> so you got another awesome tag team. And uh, I, I just assumed they were going to put them back together and have them feud with the remaining members of... Uh, Whatever that the the elite or whatever the hell they're calling themselves. But with Super Kenny Kick being Club. out, Super Kick Club with with Kenny being out, maybe that changes things a little bit. Um, though you know what, if fucking Cody's turning heel, you could just shovel him back into that group if you wanted to. So I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I I'm on the same page as you. I didn't necessarily like the finish. In-ring work was great, but it's Adam Cole and Bobby Fish, so I wouldn't expect anything less. All right, last question uh, coming from this. Uh, if we do have Redragon back in the mix uh, after Kyle obviously leaves WWE, if, if he does, where the Briscoes, we have all this shit, all these great tag teams. Should we probably have another tournament? Yeah, I mean, at least a number one contenders tournament. I think they should highlight the great tag teams they have there. I mean, we get to see them every once in a while, but it'd be good to see another number one contenders tournament. They haven't done that uh, since the beginning of AEW, right? The, like, initial ones. I believe so. Bucks and Bucks, Private Party, and... uh, the Lucha Brothers, I think, were in the final, like, was it a three-way match or something? So, yeah, I mean, that could make a lot of sense. Well, you know what makes a lot of sense is all of our listeners that are listening right now, 
to tell everyone about our show. So if you just like let, you know, if you don't mind being a part of the family, which I'm sure a lot of you guys don't mind, tell one person about our show if you like it. It would help us out a lot. But uh, that is another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I'm Dan Alves. Christopher Brother Ray Patton. You know, whatever you'd like to say goodbye to the wonderful people. And also tag uh, and plug whatever you'd like. Thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate it as always. New listeners, old listeners, whoever you are, wherever you are listening to this, we greatly appreciate it. Like Dane said, uh, send it to your friends, send it to your family. Hey, maybe they're not into wrestling, but uh, maybe they can get into wrestling. There's some good stuff happening. And if you want to talk to me on Twitter, Chris R. Patton on Twitter and on Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton on facebook look forward to hearing from you don't have any other plugs for you guys this week but uh thanks so much as always dane it's a great show bud no problem man and uh dave dane alice 42 on twitter as d-a-n-e-a-l-v-s and victor yes 42 on twitter or just dane alves on facebook message me let's have a conversation about wrestling thank you guys so much for listening Y'all have a wonderful weekend or whatever the hell you're doing. Enjoy Thanksgiving and always let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you and peace out.